Welcome to this week's episode of the Stuff and Things Podcast. This is Hate Week Part 2 with the Cornhuskers coming to town from Lincoln, Nebraska. We'll get into that game. Also look back to Iowa's big win over Penn State. And hey, Iowa basketball starts this week with some less than stellar opponents, but should probably get two wins up on the board. We'll talk about, we'll talk about all of that right after this. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen to? How do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of those questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. When we wanted to start a podcast talking Hawkeye sports, Anchor was our spot to go. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. Okay, so the Hawks coming off a big win over Penn State this past weekend. Finally snapping a six-game losing streak, I believe, to the Nittany Lions of Penn State with a 41-21 victory. Up in Happy Valley. Well, yeah, I was a little bit worried uh, because I think it was it was the last time they were in Happy Valley, 2018. There was the uh, the pass to Sam Brinks, was it? The touchdown pass. He yep. kind of jumped out early. Yep. Dominated. Uh, you know, the first quarter and a half or so, and then uh, Trace McSorley happened. So yeah. I uh, I tweeted during the game that you know this is fun. I am enjoying this, but we have also seen seen kind of this uh, this start in Happy Valley before without uh, without a great outcome. But um, I don't know. To me, this game was kind of kind of almost like a, a play in four acts. Like first quarter, kind of even back and forth. Penn State drove it, had those quarterback runs. You know, got in the end zone. Iowa came back, got a, a field goal. Okay, like even Steven first quarter. Second quarter, all Iowa. Uh, third quarter. I mean, it was got a little, got a little. Yeah, third third quarter scoring was, was really kind of even, but the third quarter felt kind of like the, the tides were turning. Um, it was a little butthole pucker time. Yeah, fourth quarter was just slam the door, step on the throat kind of time. So Euro step yeah. around him. <laughs> Euro step, Tavion. We'll, we'll certainly get to that. What a, what a, what a fun guy! What a fun guy. He is man. His interview post game was just so fun. He's got dude's got a million dollar smile. Yeah, he's gone after this year. I I couldn't tell you right now 
five games that, um, you know, in, assuming kind of the rest of the season plays out uh, and he kind of maintains the, the productivity and energy and just kind of presence that he has on the field, uh, I don't know that you're going to see him back next year. Yeah, no, dude's already got, I believe, four, four and a half sacks, and I think he's got eight and a half tackles for loss already through four games. Um, I mean, you only imagine if they were actually playing a 12-game season, what those stats would look like for a full year. But I think he'll test really well in all the combine and all that crap. You know, if he does just indeed decide to, to declare, which I would assume he's going to, um, it only makes sense. seems like every year Iowa has one of those guys that, before the season, you're not really talking much about something like that happening, and then this happens, and you're like, yeah, he's gone. Yeah, if, uh, if Kirk can get him back next year, that'll be the biggest recruit of the uh, of the offseason. So I know that's been said before with A.J. Epinesa, Epinesa and Brandon Scherf and, you know, a lot, lot of guys. But, uh, yeah, this enjoy these last four-ish games um, watching Davion Nixon and enjoying him because uh, right now, if you made me guess, I'd say he gone. Yeah. Just, and man, but Penn State, they are just broken or just yeah, and like bad. It was, it was, Talented, it was almost, but bad. And it was almost incomprehensible last last week, you know, talking about them at 0 4, thinking that Iowa, you know, was, you know, kind of surging and then being 0 5. And, you know, now they're looking at going to the big house, playing Michigan, who's, you know, kind of. Uh, perhaps not equally as broken, but they're teetering. Darn close. Um, Barely got by Rutgers in what triple overtime, I believe. Triple overtime because of some missed kicks, really. So kind of lucked out in a way, but you know, could could be kind of the the battle for the bottom there, at least in terms of you know teams living up to expectations. So to uh, to even think about Penn State zero and four, zero and five, and possibly now zero and six is just is just kind of mind blowing. But uh, that being said, I haven't lost a week of sleep over it. Hey, absolutely. Um, statistically for Iowa, I mean, Petrus was solid. He didn't really need to be. His best game, I thought. I thought yeah. easily his best game. He's what, 18 to 28 for 186 yards, so about 10 yards per completion. No touchdowns, or no, but no touchdowns, but no interceptions. Uh, I mean, easily his stats, uh, I'd put, you know, completion percentage right up there, um, along with kind of yards per attempt or yards per completion, uh, easily his best, best completion percentage. And even, even at that, he, uh, he had a couple, uh, at least two that I can think of two, uh, throwaways that just absolutely had to be throwaways where they kind of like motioned him out. And by the time he kind of got turned around looking downfield, there was somebody there and he just had to, to sling it out of bounds. So. Also, one maybe one of my favorite quarterback sneaks that Iowa's ever run for the touchdown, where the both of the side judges were coming down the goal line, like looking for where the player was, and they took him forever to signal a touchdown. Like, no, he's like five yards in the end zone. I mean, I don't even. I mean, maybe this was just kind of the cameras they were flipping to, but it almost seemed like they hadn't even called it by the time Spencer had ran back. It was to weird to the sideline. Uh, I don't. I don't know exactly what all that's about. Your QB sneak, you. Uh, yep. especially on the defensive line 
Um, mm-hmm. and they, they did get some pressure. He, he got uh, he was sacked three times, which is kind of which is as many times as he'd been sacked the entire year up to that point. Yep. Um, so I, I think you know all in all it was a it was a good test, and I think you know what what you want to look for now is you know a continuation of that progress. So. And I think it was good that Makai Sargent had a good game. I mean, Goodson, you could tell, was kind of frustrated. I think they really tried to key on taking him his outside zones away. I don't know if there was some kind of tell in the formation or down in distance in personnel or something like that, but, yeah, he had very little luck, um, you know, getting out to the tackles and running. So. But Makai, man, yeah. he just Makai just runs hard, runs you over. It's a rolling, rolling ball of butcher knives. So, I mean, both, both guys, you know, ended up having a, having a really good game. Um, you know, and, and when you look at the box score, Goodson actually had more carries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goodson still got 20 carries, 20 touches, and, and of course, out of those, left off, uh, ripped off a, a long run or, or two. Uh, but if nothing else, perhaps to save, uh, save some wear and tear or tread on the tires. You know, after he turned the rock quite a bit at Minnesota, um, you know, perhaps that was that was. Uh... I know Joe glitched up. Um, guy. Yep, for sure. No, it was a in balance. Um, I think I believe as a team they ran for one seventy eight and they threw for one eighty six. So that's man. Iowa seems to be at its best when they're balanced in the statistical categories. So that's a win right there. some respects it's kind of boring to now three three weeks in a row being like yeah that was a that was kind of an ass kicking i mean not not much to like analyze or break down or talk about key plays that really swayed uh you know momentum or turned the tide or were missed opportunities uh like you said the third quarter was was kind of the last gasp for uh for penn state after they um you know changed quarterbacks of course sean clifford comes in and on two attempts, yeah. you know, two damn touchdowns. Can't get uh, more efficient than that. But once once the defense settled back in after the change of quarterback, and honestly, I I kind of stepped away uh, right at the end of the third quarter there when he they had that long. You know, I think it was the second touchdown. It was a hell of a throw. Great pass, but I had some tater skins in the oven, and I figured <laughs> I was just going to miss, uh, you know, kind of a, a run into the line for a couple yards, have the clock bleed out, and and. Uh, you know, come back for the after the commercial break into the fourth quarter. Um, plus, I burned the tater skin, so like damn it, smoke alarm went off when, when my daughter was trying to sleep. So just a, <laughs> a lose lose there. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, the, the, not much to like to, to break down to review. I mean, if you if you looked at Iowa's schedule, so if we kind of want to you know take take it back a step, look at Iowa's schedule where you thought they might be after. Five games. I think most of us would have probably pegged them four and one. So you know, the first two weeks kind of felt while we were in the moment like you know doomsday. But once you once you kind of reevaluate and recalibrate and look at them now, um, you know, not just kind of the W's and L's, um, but also the way that they've looked as of late and, and kind of have turned things around since you know a couple close losses uh, followed up by three big. I don't want to call them easy wins, but sizable wins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, feeling okay now. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I probably would have, you know, going into the year not knowing anything or not seeing the teams play at all, any of the teams play yet, 
at three and two, I, I probably would have chalked up Penn State and Minnesota as a loss. Um, you know, I wouldn't have expected them to lose at home to to Northwestern or on the road at Purdue even, but uh so three and two, you know, it's that's kinda where they are right now. They are you are what your record says you are with the rest of the way, uh very winnable the rest of the way. Um I do have a question. Where the Davion Nixon interception in return, is that going to live on in kind of Iowa lore a la Claiborne's block punt and return at Penn State or, uh, you know, not really on the same level like a Tate to Holloway, but or like a, the Tyler Sash interception when he when he flips it back to Micah Hyde and runs it back? Yeah, I think it's... it's I know recency it's, bias and everything like that, but... To me, I, I think it lives on a tier below the Claiborne block because, I mean, the Claiborne block punt was a... Higher stakes. A, a higher stakes game changer. I mean, flip yeah. the score from... True. You know, you're losing and about to get the ball to all of a sudden you're winning the game. Um, of course, it was in the context of um, an incredibly special season where they go and win the Orange Bowl. Yep. So that probably elevates that after the fact a little bit more. So I, I put it on a tier below. I, I think uh, before you even said it, kind of that that uh, you know Sash to Micah Hyde um, comparison. I think it's kind of on that that second tier. I'd also put speaking of uh, of number nine there, maybe the uh, the Indiana triple doink oh, the, interception, the pinball, on, yep, on Halloween, uh, yep. that same season. I'd kind of put it on on that level. I mean, it's 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 certainly you know, the exclamation point to that game and, like, easily the the coolest play this year so far. I think, you know, kind of exactly where it ends up will depend on uh, what Iowa does the rest of the way. And, of course, this is just going to be, um, you know, record book-wise and, and memory-wise, once we're a bit separated from the season, look back as kind of just a weird year in general, I'm sure. I guarantee you, though, uh, when Nixon gets drafted here in the spring, I think that's going to get played – on a loop probably for his uh, little draft package that they'll play the video of his highlights. That'll be definitely a, well, I mean, as sure athleticism goes for a dude that's six, three, 300 and whatever pounds to even have the, like the wherewithal to be like, okay, here's this guy coming on my right. I'm just going to do a little, little Euro step and go just split these guys. And in real time, it was, it, man, it was fun. Just, I watched it about 87 times, I believe. I saw somebody on Twitter who, who summed it up nicely. He kind of just said, like, guys, this is what it's like when you have a defensive tackle who uh, was good enough to be offered by Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> like, so everybody, you know, uh, likes to go back and forth about, you know, do stars matter? Does recruiting matter? Or is it just strength and conditioning and getting coached up and doing things the Iowa way? Like, it's both. You know, like. The God-given, start- God-given ability, you can't, you can't teach that. Yeah. When you start with a, a high floor – with and then add some of that you know other stuff on top of it you know first and foremost you know being the you know kind of dedication hard work and all that that uh, you know individuals put in themselves uh you, you layer that on top of uh, yeah just freakish athletic ability and you get to see fun shit like that yeah so, so yeah we can probably close the book on the uh penn state game very nice to snap that losing streak um which i was trying to think do you, what year was it the last time they beat them because they haven't played him every year the last. No, they haven't played him. Uh, it was it was 2010. So they. That's what I thought. I was trying to think. Yeah. Uh, that was what I thought it was. They haven't won in Happy Valley since 2009. Um, okay. Followed, so they beat 
them, that was the Claiborne block year. And then the yep. following year in Iowa City in 2010, they beat them in 2010. But it's still, it, it, uh, it had been over a decade because I think that game was, well, the game was earlier in the season considering we're halfway through the year now and typically we're more or less done with the season. So it, it had been over 10 years since they beat them, period, even though they haven't played them like said every season. Yeah. It was nice to nice to exercise exorcise that demon, as I believe uh, one of the articles I saw that was the headline. But now uh, hate week part two, with the kind of like this is kind of like for me the the Minnesota week for you. Is it? I, feel like. I mean, yeah, you're 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 a Western Iowa kid, pretty much an Omaha kid, if you don't want to claim Council Bluffs. <laughs> I actually want to get a Council Bluffs t-shirt right now, oddly enough. Uh, so that works really well talk about on a podcast but um yeah yeah this is this is kind of my own personal like this this is right up there with iowa state every year as the game i look you know forward to um simultaneously with being like the most don't even want to watch just tell me like i almost just rather fast forward and know what the the result is so i don't have to put myself through three hours of agony uh type of thing yeah although um you know that being said five in a row for iowa Nebraska presumably down yet again this year, and it kind of, um, you know, if you if you check out social media or just kind of you know, uh, the Omaha World Herald. <laughs> oh Lord. Um, some of the uh, some of the scenes are kind of bursting a little bit with uh, the the fan support of, of Scott Frost and, and you know the program and not feeling super great about themselves after after getting uh, housed by Illinois. Yeah, um, I was trying to find the clip of the guy on the call-in show out in Nebraska that was talking about how he's tired of tired of Scott Frost and his buddies giving each other massages and dipping skull while they listen to Florida Georgia Line. It was a pretty. Uh, it was about a two-minute rant on one of the sports talk shows out in Omaha. It was pretty fantastic, but you've got a unless you're unless you're just incredibly spirited or um, inebriated or, or just otherwise eloquent, you, you gotta, you gotta really kind of like practice something like that. Yeah. Um, but man, I, I mean, we saw, we shared on our Twitter last weekend, a picture of a guy on Facebook already burning his Scott Frost t-shirt. I mean, it's, I think the, the shine is definitely starting to come off or the sparkle of Frost is starting to definitely wear off, I believe. Yeah, and uh, for, for those of you who follow, you know, Lucy Rodine on, on Twitter, uh, she did, you know, kind of her fun little recap. And now I want to say after 28 games, Riley was 18 and 10. Mike Riley was something like 18 and 10. And Frost is 12 and 16. Um, I had, a, I had a, a mutual friend of ours who will go ahead and remain nameless, even though it probably won't won't take too much. He uh, sent me this tweet earlier in the week and kind of said, you know, like, yikes, or I think he, I think he actually kind of sent the, uh, the not great Bob gif <laughs> that, uh, you know, Scott Frost wins uh, versus the teams that they beat. And, um, of course, so far they've beaten Penn State this year winless. Looking back uh, at last year, the records of the teams that they beat were 2-10, and 5-7, 6-7, 3-9, and and Three and nine, um, and then going back to 2018, you know, it's kind of a, a similar story. Basically, beating barely 500 or below 500 teams. 
Uh, but yeah, last year, uh, five or all five of Nebraska's wins came against sub 500 teams. So they're add on to that. They have a losing record against, I believe, every Big Ten West team or losing streak Jesus. against uh, every Big Ten West team. I mean, it, I almost want to feel bad for a little bit. I almost want to feel bad just because, um, you know, in one vein, I'm kind of thinking like, well, if not Scott Frost, then who? Uh, but then I just carry on and live my life and don't really care. <laughs> and, that, and somebody else dug up the clip from uh, his introductory po- uh, press conference when uh, they asked how – how is he going to adjust to his offense to the Big Ten? And he said he's hoping that uh, the Big Ten has to adjust to him. And, yeah, that's not so much. And, and you know, like, if I'm being completely honest, uh, you know, this is all super easy and super fun right now. Uh, it still doesn't make me any less nervous for, um, you know, for the Black Friday game. Uh, oh, yeah. Because you know, they, they, got, they got guys. So, I mean, I'd almost say it's a, a similar – Similar theme that we've seen so far this year. Not great, but they got guys. You know that's been said. They've got Wandale. Just about every week on this on this podcast, we've said that. You know, uh, Purdue. Eh, we didn't think they were great, but David Bell. Yeah. Um, you know, same thing with Michigan State. Mm, not great new coaching staff, but you know they're Michigan State. They got recruits. Same thing. Uh, Penn State. You know, talented team hasn't won a game, but. They're good enough to beat you, that's for sure. And I think the same thing holds true, perhaps to a lesser extent or a, a, a lesser probability uh, against Nebraska. But I don't, I don't what do you, What do you see when you look at the Huskers, the roster, their stats, and, and what they've done or haven't done so far this year? I mean, I think they're they're kind of stuck in a quarterback, I don't know if it's a controversy, a conundrum, quarterback conundrum maybe is maybe a better way to – but what's I've also heard the also the saying that if you got two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks. True. So they, I mean, they, they played two quarterbacks last year against Iowa, albeit very sparingly for McCaffrey. But he did have a I want to say a, a passing touchdown. Yeah, Iowa last year. it was a kind of a trickish play. A little bit. Um, I mean, McCaffrey's Luke McCaffrey, obviously younger brother of Christian McCaffrey, who Iowa fans I still have nightmares about from the Rose Bowl. Um, he leads the team in passing and rushing. Um, not a great thrower right now. As a is he a redshirt freshman or is he is he a sophomore? I, I believe he's a redshirt freshman. He 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 kept the redshirt on last year. Pretty sure he only played in four games. Um, he's leading the team. He's got three hundred yards rushing on the season. He's averaging five yards a pop. Um, he's also the leading passer. So. Yeah. Oh, he's athlete. a hell of an athlete. Playing quarterback. Is he a great quarterback? I don't. I don't. I don't know. He's. I mean, he. He. His. His athletic ability is really what opens up opportunities for him uh, in the passing game too. You know, mm-hmm. because you, you roll him out, you kind of get him in space outside of the pocket, and you you do have to respect his ability to run. Like you said, he's ripping off a good uh, yards per rush average. He's also throwing uh, at a pretty high completion. Uh, percentage when he is not throwing to the other team. Um, yeah, five interceptions uh, to one touchdown. Uh, you know, the, the, you couple that though, sixty almost sixty five percent completion rate. True. And it's it's kind of a, a duality, so it's hard to tell. Is it is it you know the fact that he's I believe now we're making his 
third career start, I'm gonna, I want to say, against Iowa. Um, so how much of that is, you know, him still being a newbie? Uh, how much of that is, um, you know, that, that lack of experience versus perhaps not being, like you said, an, uh, an actual good, true quarterback? I, I don't know. Um, I don't care to find out. Um, what, what I do think, um, you know, kind of plays into uh, the hands of, of Iowa and specifically the defense is that, um, man, Iowa's defense has played tough. Light, lights out the last, I mean, really most of the season, but particularly the last three weeks. So I think when um, you find a team like Nebraska, who I'm kind of likened to almost, you know, Minnesota, a couple amazing players, great athletes, super productive guys. But outside of those couple, not a lot going on. Yeah, receiver. Um, I mean, it kind of starts with, you know, maybe it kind of starts and ends with Wandale Robinson, who's kind of you'd kind of liken him to a little bit like a Rondale Moore from Purdue. He's kind of in that sure. same mold. Um, he's smaller-ish on the smaller side or shorter, but he's fast. Uh, very short area quickness. Very good in that good in that realm. Uh, then their second leading receiver is a tight end, uh, Austin Allen. I believe he's a senior. He's got to be a senior. I feel like he's been around forever. Um, one thing that will be interesting this week, former Hawkeye and former Michigan Wolverine, Oliver Martin, uh, is playing. He's played the last two games after getting uh, a waiver from the NCAA. He's got a couple catches so far this year. So that will be interesting. I if... wonder if, if Frost is Frost looks to maybe try and make a play with yeah. some kind of gadget or trick play where, you know, kind of a, a reverse or, or jet sweep toss back or something like that with, uh, you know, Oliver releasing downfield. Kind of like what I, Iowa tried to do that last year against Michigan with with Martin. I think on, on one drive they tried to go and get him in the end zone. But um, the running backs have been real dinged up. Uh, Diedrich Mills, who kind of would was – going to be the guy this year. Um, he's battling some injuries. Didn't play last week. I'm not sure if he's going to play this week. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I hadn't seen anything that had came out to say anything definitive. To the earlier point, though, you're, you're going to see, in addition to, you know, McCaffrey getting his share of both, you know, kind of called runs or planned runs, uh, you're going to see Wondell Robinson get three yep. or four rushes, um, you know, week too yep so i mean there's there's a variety to it to a certain extent but uh but not a ton yeah no um they actually have a good field goal kicker this year so far he hasn't attempted a field goal uh, outside of more than 40 yards but um he's seven of eight on the air which is kind of nice they haven't had that the last couple of years they've been kind of terrible as far as field goal kicking goes um, oh, one other thing I did read that uh, Cade Warner, wide receiver, uh, son of Kurt Warner, said that they're growing mustaches this week to try to toughen up, which was interesting to uh, to say the least. But uh, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, their senior middle linebacker, Colin Miller, uh, had a pretty nasty injury last week. He's done for the year. Um, he's the he had the fourth fourth most tackles on the team. Um, they're kind of led by two other linebackers, Jojo Doman and Will Honus. Uh, Will Honus was a guy that Iowa recruited pretty hard, had on campus. Um, ended up choosing the Huskers over the Hawks, but hey, no hard feelings. Um, they've got some secondary guys that have been there for a while. 
um, DiCaprio Boodle, Cam Taylor Britt. Those guys have, are well seasoned, but they just, I don't know. I think, I think their D coordinators in some hot water. I think Frost is for sure going to have to make some moves in that regard this off season. Probably. Yeah. Yep, the former Hawkeye as a de- defensive coordinator and Eric, Eric Chenander. are really truly buying into all this Belichick stuff with having all of their their old guys, you know, go to other other programs and just tank, you know, like, you know, how <laughs> Belichick is, like, undefeated against his former pupils. Uh, I mean, they had Bob Yako there, and, like, yep. the D coordinator, terrible. Yep. Schnander, not doing so great either. Of course, uh, you know, that that's, uh, you know, also largely a result of, the, of a guy leading the charge there and Mr. Frost and, yep. you know, the game plans and, and approaches he chooses to take. But, you know, kind of like you said, often a often a coordinator is is a pretty popular way to perhaps extend uh, extend the life of a coaching uh, a head coach. You know, just in terms of rearranging the, the the deck chairs on the Titanic. And that's the thing. Like I've always said, I've always said this with Nebraska is until they really build from the line play out, they're not going to do anything significant in this conference. Because you're going in this conference in this division. I mean, look who's a perennial, you know, top of this division with, I mean, Northwestern now is going to win two out of the last three. Um, they're tough in the trenches and the land at the linebacker spot. You know, Wisconsin, Iowa, the, their their style of play, very physical up front. Um, Minnesota is kind of adopting that somewhat also. it's And Nebraska just doesn't seem to do that at all. They want to – it's all about their stars and the – recruiting stars and the skill players and that's cool but unless you can protect them it doesn't mean have shit you heard, have you heard they have a cool thing where they call it calabrasca because of all the california kids that come yeah so that's cool if only that was worth you know worth a shit or got you any points on the field yeah it's so but you know so totally flip this around all of these things are true um that's what would make this win so significant for Nebraska, right? Absolutely. They're, they're, they're uh, you know, standing-wise, last in the Big Ten West. They're not they're not going to make a bowl game. Uh, I mean, you know, through four games, they got four left, and they're, um, you know, they're sure as hell. Um, and, of course, they, they did have a game against Wisconsin canceled. Otherwise, they'd be one and four right now. Yeah. Uh, they played four games, they're one and three. Um, they're, they're sure as hell not going to – not going to win the last three. They're not going to sweep Iowa uh, at Purdue in Minnesota to get above 500. Like they're going to end with a losing record. But to me, again, maybe as kind of just a self-preservation mechanism makes me say like, well, this would be quite the feather in their cap, wouldn't it? True. Um, what is the line this week? Great question, Pete. I just so happen to have uh, looked that up yet. Haven't uh, haven't decided what to do yet. Uh, the, the the line is thirteen and a half, so they want to put the hook right there two, They want to put it right there, two touchdowns. So you're either saying Iowa's two touchdowns better if you take the Hawks on the spread, or you know the other way you're saying, eh, shoot, I don't know that that could be more of a of a two, uh, you know, or one and a half score, two score kind of game at uh, thirteen. But it opened up, uh, I want to say a little bit higher than that on kind of some of the uh, the more offshore or unofficial. Sports books at like 14, 14 and a half. And it's, it's stayed, you know, I just checked it before we recorded. 
It's at 13 and a half, so it stayed pretty pretty standard, pretty pretty set ever since it opened. Um, the over-unders, uh, right around 52, so that's saying something like, um, kind of like a similar score to what, what Iowa had last week. It would be something like a 33 to 19 game. If you want to, you know, hit right on the over/under and take Iowa with the spread, just depending on where you fall on either side of that. So, uh, I mean, is it that time where we go, go ahead and do do predictions? So, if, where where would you come in as it relates to, you know, something like a couple touchdown margin and a, you know, Iowa scoring, you know, in, in the low 30s? I'm looking up the weather here for what the forecast is for Friday in Iowa City. Oh man. Beautiful, uh, sunny, little wind, not much. Ten mile an hour winds, high of forty three. Should be uh, should be a beautiful day, beautiful late November day. Would have been great to be there. That'd been uh, great tailgating weather. Mm. Um, this game always makes me very uneasy. Um, both of my sisters are. Date, married to and dating Nebraska fans, and and they're both they're both Nebraskans. So yes, I deal with I I too deal with this rivalry. I, I mean it's weird. This is going to be the first Iowa Nebraska game that I haven't been at since they've started up this matchup again. So it's kind of weird to be watching going to be watching it on TV. I haven't done that yet, um, so it'll be strange, but it'll also. Kind of be well. If it was in Lincoln, it'd be it would be nice to not be in the stadium. I'm just not a fan of that stadium very much. But maybe because of the people. <laughs> yeah, and if there was ever a fire in that stadium, everybody Jeez. would die. You're not. Yeah, the way, you're not getting out of there. Yeah, the way they have the uh, like the, the the newer outer part kind of built right up against the, the older part in the narrow concourses. It's yeah. Well, yeah, you're not getting out of there. Rarely feel as claustrophobic, and it doesn't even feel good considering how cold it typically is. Either mm-hmm. it's just uncomfortable. Yeah. Yep. Um. I mean, I think I think Iowa's defense is going to continue to do what it's doing. I would like to think that Iowa's running game is going to continue. I think you you might stop one of, or you might slow up one of Sergeant or Goodson, but the other one's going to get going to get you. Um. I I I think I would I would take Iowa to cover. I think I think they win by fourteen to seventeen points. Yeah, Score wise, oh, let's go thirty. Let's go thirty-one to fourteen. Thirty-one fourteen. So that is a little bit of the under, is it? I don't know. That's math. What's that? Forty-five. That's, that's, the, that's the the under, but Iowa covering. I'm gonna I'm gonna have it a little bit higher scoring, but a pretty similar outcome. Um, I can't decide if I want to go. I'm somewhere right around uh, 35, uh, either 21 or 24. That's where I was initially thinking. 35, 21 is is you know the the over and Iowa covering you know just barely on that 13 and a half. Um, I, I I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go 35, 24. So I'm saying Iowa doesn't cover. Uh, I I can totally see this being. You know, kind of the like I said, the, the pull out all the stops type of, of game plan, uh, looking to kind of jump out quick, maybe a, a super quick score from Nebraska, or um, you know, looking to just get points anytime they they can. 
knowing that the opportunities you know might be kind of hard to come by. So that's that's where I'll I'll tack on the the field goal, the three points to make it 35-24. Um, but the way my my prediction would be that uh, you know Nebraska hangs tough. Maybe it kind of shows out like they did a little bit against Ohio State in week one. Uh, but if Iowa can weather that and really you know kind of assert their will, it ends up not feeling as close as as that eleven point one. So 35-24, possibly. See, I yeah, I was I was between thirty one fourteen and thirty one seventeen. I just I feel like this defense is really good, and I feel like we probably say that most years, but um, I think statistically <laughs> it's true, showing. It's true, it's true. Um, true, true. Also, Phil Parker, man, how nobody has come in and tried to poach him, and maybe other schools have elsewhere, but I just feel like an SEC school, why nobody's ever taken a shot at him, and I guess at this point. Nobody probably will. Just obviously, he's he's pretty entrenched in Iowa City. But how that dude hasn't even gotten a look anywhere else? I mean, I know he has no aspirations of being a head coach, but the dude just he's he just he produces. Um, it's he's he's very much like his mentor and Phil in Norm Parker, where you know it's a lot of bend but don't break, but it gets the damn job done. That's good. I like that. All right, so, well, shocker. We predict two Iowa wins. Um, basketball team plays tomorrow. We're recording this on Tuesday night here. Uh, big matchup with North Carolina Central, I believe. COVID, COVID clear. Yes. They, they, they had, I think, I want to say it was a student manager, perhaps. That was, is that what it was? Uh, don't quote me on it, but I want to say I mean, it wasn't like a, an, a, you know, an epidemic or something that ran rampant through the, through the roster. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, the the spread on that one I heard today is like 20, 20 and a half or twenty one and a half, something like that. Um, that is something that I haven't actually checked yet, but uh, yeah, I can't imagine. I can't. Uh, I can't imagine the the spread would be any closer than the the football game. True, sure. and kind of heavy hearts. Um, real rough news over this past weekend. Uh, Jack Nungy's father, Mark, uh, suddenly passed away on Saturday morning. Um, he was a he was a an emergency room physician. Used to was a doctor at the University of Iowa for a long time until I think Jack was in fifth grade. Then they moved to to Indiana. Um, it's just real tough news. So the, no Jack Nungy this week for for the Hawkeye basketball team. Uh, Fran said, you know, he'll be back whenever he's ready, and absolutely have to. Agree with that. You definitely want him to to get in a good headspace and everything after. Just a shitty thing to deal with. I think I think the guy was only fifty three years old. Um, he's got five kids, so just rough. Uh, I've I'd forgotten that uh, Jack Nudge's mom was actually an athlete at Central College. Is that right? Your alma mater. My alma mater, your your quasi alma mater. Yes, my uh, if if they gave out uh, two year degrees, I would have gotten one of those. If they, if they gave out degrees for effort, you would have gotten half of one. Yeah, for successfully partying in Pella, oh man, I would have been. <laughs> that does take some effort. Yeah, I would have been four point oh, but I th- I think I read that she played volleyball and basketball there at Central, so kind of weird the Iowa ties, but see, so yeah, Iowa will be without him, but you know, luckily, as this roster is. Constructed, they have plenty of depth. Um, you should obviously expect to win 
tomorrow afternoon against in North Carolina Central, and then Friday right after the football game, four o'clock, I believe. Uh, they play Southern, isn't it? I think it's Southern University on Friday. Um, we also learned today the date, or we since last week we learned the date and now tip-off time for Iowa State. You put um, that one on the nose, didn't you? It was yep. It was Friday, that December eleventh. I think it's an eight o'clock tip-off, I believe. Which man, thanks COVID. A Friday night eight o'clock game for Cyhawk that would have been a lot of fun for fans here in the state to be able to go to establishments and watch and all that fun stuff. Um, and I think they announced the North Carolina tip off is going to be a six thirty game on ESPN. The Iowa Iowa state game will be on BTN. So it's a lot to look forward to. I just hope everybody's boss lets them off a little bit early tomorrow so they can, uh, yeah, I'm kind of hoping, uh, my, Mine has a uh, mine has a tendency to to close the office early uh, the day before holidays, so I'm hoping hoping it's like maybe a one or two o'clock. Like, okay, you guys can go home, but we'll see how that goes. Fingers crossed. I don't think uh, we got much else on the program tonight. You know, a week from now, we'll we'll have we won't be talking bowl destinations like we usually would be. I do have. I have. I have a question for you. Would you sign up for a Cyhawk bowl game? Oh, I mean, like you, I, I said earlier, you know how that game makes me feel. Generally, putting that into a bowl game um, would probably, you know, increase that that bubble guts by tenfold. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, absolutely would. Um, absolutely would. Um, if nothing else, for the opportunity. Okay, before I say this. Iowa State's a good team. They're ranked 13th in the college football playoff right now. Brees Hall is an absolute beast. One of the best running backs in the country. Mm-hmm. All that stuff is true. Um, but yes, I would absolutely look forward to the opportunity uh, to beat Iowa State um, with, you know, each year this is like the best team they've had ever. You know, I feel like that's everything that's been said the last four years, every season. Best team we've ever had. Best team we've ever had. Best team we've ever had. Uh, and Iowa still beats them. So I would love the opportunity to, uh, you know, add that asterisk onto one of the best seasons they've ever had uh, yet again. Uh, and, what about you? And, oh, man, I would love it. I think it would be so much fun. I think it would give – it would be good for the state. It wouldn't be good to be on Twitter for that two- to three-week period there oh. in between leading up to the game. That would be pretty brutal. Um, but I just think it would be a lot of fun. But the thing is – Big Ten, Big Twelve don't have a lot of bowl tie-ins together. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And then, but though, if, if there's ever a year for exactly you know, to, kind of, to, to bend the rules and or, or to kind of just do whatever, uh, I'm really kind of curious to see, you know, how this how this crossover, this Champions Week that the Big Ten is going to do, where they match up, you know, one through seven from the East and West, uh, is going to shake out. Because I think as it's slated, Iowa would be playing Indiana, who's ranked even higher. So, so yeah. they're not going to play, for example, Michigan State. They already, already beat them. 
Um, so so Indiana Indiana is twelfth, Northwestern eighth, Ohio State fourth. Is that right? Okay. And Iowa twenty four. So. Oh, and Wisconsin five, sixteen. Five ranked teams. Um, so I guess what that means is. Wisconsin's playing Indiana. That's, that's the two-to-two two matchup. Yes, they are. So Wisconsin's playing Indiana um, so next week, provided they're on. So that means they wouldn't be playing again. So we're kind of staring down the barrel of Indiana-Iowa. And yeah, that, that's kind of how it's lining up. Which yes. would be a lot of fun. I'd, I'd, that would be a fun one, too. Iowa's not one of the West. It's just not happening. No. Nope. Uh, so, you know, Ohio State, or, you know, the Northwestern Ohio State is just about a lock for the the one versus one matchup. Currently, Wisconsin is second in the West, but again, they're playing Indiana, so that would bump down to Iowa, who's kind of, you know, right there in the middle with uh, Purdue, Minnesota, kind of in the, the second tier of Big Ten West teams. So that, that that's how it's shaping up to look at least. Yep. Well, let's hope for another uh, ass kicking this week, and maybe Hawks will jump up in the the old CFP rankings. Um, the top of the the top four, of course, this week, you know, pretty much like you'd think Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, rinse, repeat every year. We're super, super creative guys. Yep. Um, so, whatever. <laughs> That's, I don't know. I think bowl season, I don't even know if it ends up happening. I know the playoff will happen, but I, I don't know. I mean, Logistics and no, they're not going to be fans. So yeah, which is kind of the whole point of the bowl game, right? Exactly. It's it's you're you're going to get a sliver of the TV market because it's not like you know opposing fan bases are going to be drawn to watching you know an Iowa Mississippi State outback bowl unless you're an Iowa or Mississippi State fan like you're not watching really you know because um, you know there's so many of them and they're you know they're competing with their own teams schedule uh you know or other interests and you know so without the draw of having you know the gate and the, you know the, the, the revenue from the gate and all the stuff that comes with the hotels and the you know the the, the money flowing into the host city um couple that on top of like you said the more challenging part which is you know the logistics of it all and, and the safety of it all i i just i couldn't i, I don't think bulls are going to happen yeah i am as we know them what they should almost do is just do like regional matchups at, at neutral at neutral sites or something like that. Put Iowa do Iowa and Iowa State up at US Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. It'd be pretty badass, except it'd almost be a waste. You should play at the Unidome. Ooh. Play the Unidome. That would be fun. That'd be pretty sweet. That would be fun. Are you listening, Jamie Pollard? You blocked me on Twitter. He absolutely. I make one comment about him doing those stupid coins for for Gene Chizik, and he blocks me. <laughs> wow, that's a throwback. I know. He's sensitive. All right. Well, I think we've uh, wasted enough of your time this week, so we'll be back next week. Um, hope everybody has a safe, maybe iso- semi isolated Thanksgiving. Um, you know, celebrate responsibly as. As you see in most alcohol commercials, but uh, that really applies this year for for Thanksgiving and the upcoming Christmas season. Um, but we hope you have a great Thanksgiving, just a safe one. Um, but I think that's all we got this week. So go Hawks, and we'll talk to you next week.